tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Health Conversations. Let's welcome our first A-team guest, Dr. Ramogoni Maputo, who's a clinical virologist. Dr. Maputo, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Patricia, and good evening to your listeners. So as of today, up until the 24th of November, uh, it is Antimicrobial Awareness Week. Tell us uh, the significance of this particular week globally. So this particular week is actually to raise up um, awareness around antimicrobial resistance and also to um, stop transmission or spread of this antimicrobial resistant uh, uh, bugs that are around the world. So it's basically to um, make people aware of uh, what, what are the preventative mechanisms that they can use and to be also aware of the misuse or overuse of this uh, antimicrobial. So this particular international campaign is clearly one that has taken a backseat due to COVID-19, understandably so. But uh, the taking of a backseat has posed a lot of threat on those who are using anti- uh, antibiotics, especially. Yes, it has taken a sit back, um, but it has grown in terms of people now getting sick. And, you know, when people do get flu, uh, the first run to antimicrobials. Uh, so their use has actually also increased due to COVID because people are then, um, you know, are more aware of, of antimicrobials and they want to use them more. But um, with inappropriate use, it has, you know, increased. Uh, although, uh, you know, the awareness that we normally do has taken a feedback. Mm. Now, with uh, antibiotics, as you're saying, rightfully so, you, you've got a bit of a fever, you go to a doctor or a clinic, you are firstly given either an injection with antibiotics or medication, whether you're a child or an adult and you're told to finish the course. But is this always the correct solution? Um, look, Patrice, this is not always the solution because, you know, there are a lot of uh, microorganisms that can actually cause the patient to have a fever. And a fever is a sign of inflammation um, that's going on in your body, not necessarily an infection. So, you know, um, a clinical argument should be applied and high index of suspicion on, on these cases. And in most cases, you find that it's common viral infections, which may not even necessarily need an antibiotic. So I think, you know, it, 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 it poses quite a lot of challenge for us as the healthcare workers and as well as the population to say how well do we use our antibiotics? Are we using them for our defensive medicine or what are we really using it for, for treatment also and so on? And obviously this can also lead to antibiotic misuse or overuse. Um, and what are the, the effects on a human body when uh, a person has overtaken uh, or mistaken antibiotics? So firstly, antibiotic is a drug. So, you know, you are going to experience some um, side effects if they if you take them for a longer period or if you take them quite often without, you know, an appropriate indication for them. Um, so you'll have side effects. And if you do take them often and inappropriate, you're bound to have a resistance for just commonly occurring, uh, you know, infections that next time when you really, really need 
to have an antibiotic, you're already resistant for just a common urinary tract infections or just a common um, upper respiratory infection. So the effect on your body is that when you develop this resistance, next time when you need them, you may even end up you know, in ICU because you've got this um, infection that's spreading at a speed of light and you don't have treatment to really mitigate it. Mm. No, and, and these are things that we didn't know, you know, and I'm glad that uh, this World Anti-Microbial Awareness Week is happening and the awareness is going to be put in the forefront. Dr. Maporto, um, in terms of new antimicrobials, aren't, aren't they being developed, ones that will be resistant to, um, you know, the changing of climate and also to misuse, ones that are, are less harsher, if I may so put it? Yeah, we really need an innovative mind to be able to, you know, take that into consideration when developing this uh, this antimicrobial. And currently, there's there, there are uh, some researchers that are answering in terms of finding um, antibiotics that would also mitigate the, you know, the use in animal feeding uh, and so forth. So. We really, really are hoping that the innovative minds um, would be able to mitigate that so that we do have antibiotics that will be treating superbugs and we're able to control those uh, resistant uh, strains. Are there any signs for a person who is now antibiotic resistant? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure your body will tell, tell you signs um, before you even accept the next dose of antibiotics from a doctor. So really, there's no like a sign per se that a person would see, but normally it will be um, a, when you have a um, an infection or UTI infection that commonly would resolve uh, with just a basic antibiotics. Now you you know you are taking too long to heal, or you even end up having kidney uh, infection as a result of bladder infections that would have occurred because now the treatment that you had received or the basic antibiotics that you had received, you are already resistant to them. So this patient would normally present with initially with just a normal UTI and they'll be given just the basic or empirical treatment uh, for for UTI. And in, in a week, they come back with a high fever, they've got pyelonephritis or so forth. And those patients, they may even end up with, you know, uh, a kidney failure because now they can't react to uh, the normal or basic antibiotics. So those patients will be hospitalized at some point. So you'll only know once you are really sick that you are now resistant yes. to antibiotics. Yes. Ah. Yeah, it's not easy. I, I wish a human being was like a car with all those buttons in front and the lights <laughs> that go on to say, look, check your oil, check your engine, check your battery, check this. Human being doesn't have that. One minute you're up and going, the next minute, so also you land you down on the floor, you know, so yes. it's, it's a bit difficult. Mm. Yeah, it is. Mm. Uh, Dr. Maputo, when we approach winter season, Okay, this is a season where a lot of people, once they have a common sign of cold and flus, especially now with COVID-19, no one really wants to catch the cold or the common cold because it, it could, you know, be associated with uh, COVID-19. We then rush to ask our doctors or our pharmacists for antibiotics. Uh, but this shouldn't be the case. What should we be doing? What should we be asking for? Should we even be rushing to doctors or should we be taking some self-care for those common signs of uh, flu? 
Yeah, for common signs of flu, and particularly because common colds are just caused by rhinoviruses, which are self-limiting uh, infections, and uh, most of the cases we treat symptoms, so we give you supportive and symptom relief uh, treatment. So my um, advice is that you, you know, if you go to the pharmacy and you tell them your symptoms in terms of that, they will give you symptomatic relief. And, you know, if you get a severe one, um, then you approach the doctor so that they can really tell whether you're dealing with now a bacteria or now you, uh, you're dealing with the viral that will need an antiviral. Because I, over and above patients, you know, looking for antibiotics, they also look for antivirals, which also falls under, you know, antimicrobial resistance. Mm. So for most common illnesses or, I mean, common colds, a symptomatic relief would be adequate enough. Okay, so we don't really need to rush and ask for those antibiotics. And and no. what happened to the phenomena of let's steam, let's steam, let's steam? Are we still steaming? People are still uh, steaming. <laughs> are still you, you chuckle. Steaming. Wow. And I guess they, it works for them because it is a symptomatic relief. Uh, mm. It's not an, a, you know, an antiviral or an antibiotic kind of thing. Uh, it's not bacteriostatic or bactericidal. It's 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 a it's it's a way of relieving yourself from decongestion. Um, so people still do that, and they get temporary relief because this you have to do it over and over again until your symptoms are have subsided. Okay, so they are still steaming, uh, or we are still steaming. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just as I let you go, uh, you're a clinical virologist with COVID-19. What are things looking like right now? Um, are, are we, because of the high number of vaccinated people in the country and globally, are we on the right trajectory, or do we still anticipate that things might get worse? We, we South Africa, you know, I think we are on you know, the right path in achieving our vaccine coverage um, the way we, we want to uh, cover it so that we achieve that herd immunity. And of course, once we have, you know, we are moving towards um, a more coverage or higher coverage, we're going to see less cases. So we're not going to see as as, as severe, you know, um, you know, you know, quite a wave as the third or second or the first. So we are heading towards, and, I, and, I, and my hope is that people get vaccinated and they never get fatigued to go and vaccinate so that we have less and less cases. And if you can imagine, Patricia, last year this time we had more cases. Mm. Um, so now, you know, our prediction or our you know, observation is that, yes, the fourth wave would okay, but not as severe as the third and the second wave, yeah. All right. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Maporto, for joining us. It's uh, been such a great pleasure. And um, um, do, I do hope that this uh, World Antimicrobial Awareness Week is going to bring huge results and we as South Africans will be educated. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Patricia, for having me.